0: Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about our anxiety and our ego. And so I wonder if your anxiety is telling you who you are. A lot of people come and see me and they have some really negative self-talk and it's hard for them to state it. I mean, we, none of us want to say we think this low or negative of ourselves, But it is very helpful to talk about it because we need to bring fresh eyes to it. And if we are having our self worth built up by our anxiety, we're not going to be very built up. We're going to be feeling pretty low, even though we may not, that may not be who we really are, but it's all covered up by the anxious thinking and by the ego, uh, and the, and the anxiety being good buddies in this and and causing some havoc. So the way we see ourselves is very biased and subjective. And so we tend to think we are what our thoughts are. Like we may have a negative thought about ourselves. And so we think that's who we are. But if we look at this from where our anxiety education that we've been going through here on these podcasts, we know that all the thoughts that go through our head are not necessarily true. So we want to remember this when we're thinking thoughts about who we are. The ego protects us and it protects us in ways that are very important. We don't touch a hot stove. It tells us that we don't like pain, so we don't touch the hot stove, right? It tells us that we want to avoid pain we want to remember that we have to pay attention to what are real pains and what are perceived pains. Now we know that touching a hot stove is a real pain, but often our anxiety gets us spun out into places where everything is painful. Every thought that we have is painful. Every emotion is painful. So we want to pay attention to that is just our thoughts taking us down the wormhole. So we want to be careful and we want to not let our anxiety dictate who we are. That can cause us just a longer struggle of climbing out of the wormhole. You know, when we were young and as a child, we didn't understand that we were separate from the world. And it's the ego that allowed us to separate from the world, right? So our ego is important. It keeps us um, in uh, many ways in a very good shape. and But the ego is where we developed our identity. And the ego protects this identity throughout our life. And so when something interferes with the way that we identify with ourselves, we feel grief or sadness or uncomfortable. We don't like those emotions. And so we can tend to keep suppressing those types of things. Who we think we are is often defined by other people uh, throughout our lives as we are developing. It could be parents and teachers, um, other important people in our lives. And these things help us to form the idea of who we think we are. Now, this can go in many different directions, but you can see how this has all happened over a great length of time. These ideas of who we are and how our ego has identified, our self-identification. And so we identify ourselves based on incidents and things that have happened in our lives, experiences, social interactions. But these are all completely subjective. When we come to think of these things defining us, we want to pay attention to how we interpreted those things Again, two people can be at the same party and have completely different view of what was going on there, what the what the feel or the vibe of the party was. This has got to be brought into our awareness that many of the things that happened in our lives that we may be storing as difficult social interactions or experiences, Those are subjective. That is how we were interpreting it at that time. And so we've carried that throughout our whole lives. When we are adults and grown as everyone who is listening to this podcast is, we get to look at all of this and sift through it. We aren't, these things are all up for evaluation. Who we are is up for evaluation. How we think about ourselves is something that we can take a look at. Other ways that we're influenced is by seeing things that happen to other people, things that happen in our society, things that we pay attention to in the media. And I put a lot of emphasis there because you want to be careful how you're feeding yourself here, uh, what kind of media you're taking in, and what kind of an influence that is having on your ego identity. And so pay attention. What are you letting in? It's like you pay attention to your diet pay attention to what you eat. If you eat junk, you're going to feel like junk. If you ingest mass junk media, you're going to feel like that. That is how you're going to be viewing yourself and the world around you. So we can define ourselves more than we allow others to define us. And this takes some conscious awareness of our thinking and what we believe about our thoughts. We don't have to buy into everything that we were told about ourselves and the world around us. And many people don't even take a conscious look at this until some people never do it in their whole lives. So if you are willing to take a look, this can be awesome. This can give you a whole new look at your life because we don't have to define ourselves the way that we were defined by others, but we need to use conscious awareness of our thinking and our beliefs about our thoughts in order to do this. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? Code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So back to the ego. The ego is meant to protect us, right? But it often does so in a little bit of a misdirected way. For an example, being nervous over a public presentation. We trust the thoughts our ego is presented to us, that we're going to fail and embarrass ourselves. Now, our ego presents that to us, and that scary kind of thought uh, that the whole thing is going to be catastrophic and that it's dangerous. And this can actually impede our performance and our behavior, and it can cause an undesirable result but what the ego was trying to do was protect you. Again, just like your anxious thought that gets going and you stay in it. It was just trying to protect you because you have been told in the past somehow, or your experience in public speaking or public presenting gave you a bad a taste in your mouth because it didn't go well one time so it grabbed onto this you are not a public speaker this is going to end in a disaster and we hang on to that but we don't have to stay there and this kind of thing uh, self-perpetuates because, because you are so nervous about presenting because of your past experience and what the ego is holding to and your anxious thoughts revolving around it, that you can't think straight, that you're nervous, that you're, you're telling yourself you can't think. And so you can't, the anxiety has muddled your thoughts. And so they are left muddy, and you don't do as well as you possibly could have. So then you just say, see, that was right. Well, it wasn't. It was just that you believed that it was right. Understanding this can help you to understand and accept when the ego comes after you with a mean tone and can allow you to overcome its influence. We don't have to believe everything that has been in us from our past. Think about how we feel about ourselves on any given day. Like you feel you're great after you've been, you're an awesome person after your coworker told you what a great job you did on the report. And you feel good about yourself. And then how do you feel after being scolded by your boss, perhaps for for being a few minutes late or not doing uh, the particular task that he had assigned? Feeling bad about yourself after that. So which one are you? You're the same person. Even this could have happened in the same day. Your coworker, Told you something about yourself and you felt like you were awesome, and then your boss gave you a hard time about something else and you feel terrible, like you're useless. Which person are you? How we think about ourselves changes drastically from moment to moment, and we don't want to trust the way we are feeling, and we shouldn't base what we think about ourselves based on our present, fleeting feelings. This is where we want to pay attention to the fact that these things come and they go. The good, juicy compliments come and they go. And the berating by a dinosaur of a boss comes and goes. It doesn't stay there forever. Remember, who are you? Which one are you? If you don't identify By the same metrics that we have for most of our lives, it may take some exploration and contemplation to discover your true identity. That transcends the ego. And again, where's the best place to do this? Meditation can help you get to this place. Why? Because you're actually spending time with yourself. You're spending time with your mind, with your subconscious, all of it. You can let the subconscious will bubble up, perhaps, in a meditation sit. Your thoughts will be making themselves known clearly when you're trying to follow your breath. This is where you start to discover your true identity. Who are you? You're not the fleeting thoughts. You're not the compliment or the berating. Who are you? Spend some time there and see. Letting go of identity that you had attached yourself to and has been maintained by your ego can be transformative. This can be an expansive experience but it can be rough and challenging too. So you want to go into this with curiosity and a non judgmental attitude. Be willing to actually look and see who you are and not let anxiety tell you who you are. You want to pay some attention. If you haven't started meditating yet, I hope that you will take this as an exciting reason to actually sit. And be, and just let whatever is there unfold. There is no goal except to sit for X amount of minutes and let what is be. This is how we find who we are. Sometimes we focus heavily on the external factors that make us who we are. But who you are without all of these external factors, and what do I mean by that? These are your preferences, your, the, your tastes, your activities, your achievements, and so forth. These things are the external factors. We think that we focus actually a lot on these factors and, and think that this has made us who we are. But without all of those external factors, who are you? The internal self is the part that will never go away. All of these outer things, your preferences change, you know they do. Your tastes change. Sometimes you wonder, why did I paint that wall that color, right? These are things that come and go. Our achievements, of course, we know those come and go. this None of this is lasting, but the internal self, that part of you that will never go away and will not change. This is the true self, the place where we find empathy and compassion for ourselves and for others. That is our true self in there. And so finally, take this to the cushion, spend some time with yourself not with all of the outer world of preferences and achievements, but with your unchanging self. So how are we going to do this? Let's have a couple of action steps to get you guys going so that you can take this to heart. This is growing. This is how, when you find out who you really are, those anxious thoughts, they pale, they begin to fade they become very elusive. So let's take number one, grab your journal. You know me in the journal, a lot happens in those journals. And see if you can recognize, identify the ego. And some words that you want to uh, use to help identify your ego is should, have to, need to. And you know, I notice uh myself, I, I write a lot for different things. And when those words come up, I, I, they are like a bell ringing, you know, should, have to, need to. Pay attention to those. Let those be like a bell ringing and a lot, you know, not an alarm bell, but a beautiful meditation bell that says, pay attention. What if you don't obey those ego commands of should, have to, or need to? What does that mean to you? Write those things out. Look a little bit deeper and see. And the second one I want you to look at is be completely present by actually being versus doing. We spend so much time thinking about what we should be doing instead of just being. This is again, where meditation can help in training the mind. Notice the things around you by just being with them. Being. I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram, or I think I don't know if I put it on Facebook. But I was just being at the park the other day. And I was just looking at the bark of a tree. I wasn't paying attention to the colors or anything. I was just looking at it and kind of resting my mind there on the bark of this tree. And then all of a sudden, a piece of the bark started moving. And I realized, because my attention then was drawn out of just being to paying attention to this moving thing, and it was a huge Jackson's lizard. They're the ones with the little horn. They have the one single horn. They're quite prehistoric looking, but its colors were exactly that of the bark, obviously, to be camouflaged. And it was moving up the tree in that funny little back and forth walk that it does. I posted it on Instagram anyway. I could actually see that and got the pleasure and the joy of being with that because I was just there, because I was being still for a few minutes and just looking, just noticing the things around me, just being mindful of where I was. It was a beautiful moment. And I shared it on Instagram because I wanted to say, if you sit still long enough, you might see this or something even more profound and beautiful. Or you may just feel like a million bucks for just sitting for five minutes, being. I hope that you will take that to heart and give it a try. And now for today's quote. Ego is to the true self what a flashlight is to the spotlight.